When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You want your Burke show in one full show every day uninterrupted and dang it you don't want ads no problem become a bonus burt show subscriber find out more at the slash bonus bs the burt show i'm not saying you're a coward i'm just saying it's a cowardly act to ghost somebody that's all i'm saying we have a very strong anti-ghosting platform on this show especially now that you can just text somebody all you gotta do is text somebody you join late fyi what do you mean? Because all this came about with one of our closure calls, closure segments, and you never understood why anybody would reach back out because it's like they've already said enough, blah, blah, blah. Like, And then it wasn't until our buddy Mo got ghosted that you all of a sudden were like very much anti-ghosting. Once I saw the pain in his face. Exactly. <laughs> none, none, of this, none of this was necessary. And the, devas- <laughs> and the devastation he was going through for <laughs> close to half an hour. <laughs> it was a rough 30 minutes. <laughs> That's when I realized the emotional impact ghosting has on people. It was more like 22 minutes. But, it's fine. <laughs> but this isn't necessarily ghosting about a date. No, this is a different kind of ghosting, which I have never heard of in my life. And I have to do something about it because, unfortunately, it is a friend of mine who has now invented this kind of ghosting. So I have a good friend, really good friend, actually. And he decided to take up tattooing as a hobby once he was uh, done with his, his profession that he currently was in at the time. He realized that tattooing was his actual dream. Like so that's what re- he's always wanted to not do. Not receiving tattoos, being the tattoo artist. Being the actual tattoo artist. Now, I'll give it to him. He's gotten really good yeah. over the years. When he first started, he wasn't the greatest. And he was tattooing <laughs> on one of his brothers. And his brother's walking around with all of those, <laughs> those pre-professional tattoos on his body for the rest of his life. Yeah, where do you practice when you're like a rookie tattooist, right? I mean... If you are a chiropractor, I think you're supposed to get like 50 people. You do adjustments on 50 different people even before you have your license. So in the tattoo world, where do you get your experience? Kaylee, correct me if I'm wrong. Don't they do it on pigs? Hello? It's something they don't talk about. Tattoo artists. I never yes. heard that one. Yes. You could um, use a grapefruit. Uh-huh. Using a grapefruit to tattoo on is the closest thing to like skin. Um, so people practice on that, and then they practice on their friends. Oh, on your friends. Right. Okay, that's a good friend. Because I know my sister, who started tattooing recently, they now have, like, um, it's supposed to be some human skin developed thing, pad-like mm. thing that she oh, uses. Interesting. Yeah. But in his day, which was about 15 years ago, you practiced on your brother. That's, okay. that's just what you did. <laughs> and to this day, I've never let him give me a tattoo because I just don't want a tattoo from somebody who does tattoos on the side. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I kind of rather that be your main thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't do it. Yeah. But he's built up a clientele all over the world. And one day he calls me, which I was kind of mad about. And he's like, I'm coming to Atlanta. And he had never been to Atlanta to see me. And this is like a top tier friend for me. And I thought he was coming for me, and he wasn't. He was coming because he had some clients that he wanted to do tattoos for. Okay. But I'm like, whatever, dude. Whoever gets us to hang out, I'm cool with it. Sure. So he comes out, he does these tattoos, and then I get to hang out with him for like a night or two, and then he takes off, and I don't think anything of it. That is a dude you do not want to drink and pass out around. Or Absolutely. you're going to be <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna look like Lil Wayne. <laughs> you're the next canvas. Yeah. <laughs> Sharpies don't seem so bad anymore. Right? <laughs> so he takes off. This is, mind you, um, I would say... Two years ago, maybe even three. And I go out over the weekend with a friend of mine and run into someone who who recognizes me. Now, I think that they recognize me from the show. Mm -hmm. So 
No, no problem. We start to strike up a conversation. I find out they didn't. They recognized me from my friend. This was the person that he did the tattoo on when he was here. And they, so they huh. tell me the whole story. Hey, Mo, oh my God, it's funny running into you here. How you been? Da, da, da. So I'm like, I'm cool. So they asked me, how's, how's, your, how's your friend doing? So I'm like, he's great. Have you spoke to him? I don't speak to him too often, but last time I spoke to him, he was great. And he said, no, actually, I've been, I've been trying to get a hold of him. I'm hoping maybe you can do it for me. So I'm like, yeah, no doubt. I could definitely get a hold of him. What's the problem? So he lifts his sleeve up, and he has like a, <laughs> it's really nice, actually. Like, I was kind of shocked. But it's, it's like a dragon on his forearm, and then there's a guy, like, riding the dragon, but the guy only has half his body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So initially, I thought that was the design. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, that's a little weird. Some but kind I, of symbolism going on right. about a half body, yes, right? Right. So then he's like, no, um, your friend never finished it. <laughs> no. I said, come on, man. He wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. No, my guy, he said, I I'm, I'm promise you, I don't know what happened. He told He ran out of ink. And he told me that he was going to finish it. <gasps> okay. And I've been calling him for two and a half years, and he will not answer the phone. All right. First of all, if you're a tattoo artist, it's the one thing you're not allowed to run out of. It's like going to an Italian restaurant. And they're like, you know what? Out of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No red sauce tonight, guys. Just ran out. Exactly. <laughs> so he told him he would get it done the next day. But then he did follow up and say, I have to take off. I apologize. Family things going on. <laughs> Then my dude has just never answered the dude's call. For two and a oh, half years, he's been walking around with a half, half done tattoo. <laughs> got a half body dragon on his forearm. <laughs> so I called my guy immediately. I didn't do it like like right in front of the guy. Yeah. I waited until I was alone. I FaceTime him. He answers the phone all jolly like normal. I'm like, bro, somebody just ran up on me and said that you didn't finish their tattoo, man. Like, tell me this isn't true. So immediately, he like drops his head in shame. Oh, no. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I didn't do that. <gasps> no. So I'm like, why would you do that? Right. Like, you can't do that, man. Like, you have to fix this. So he's like, I didn't like it. <gasps> what? That's what the guy <laughs> said. So rather than finish it out, he's just like, I'm going to bail. He said it started with him trying to, like, <laughs> deal with himself because he felt like he did a horrible job. <laughs> and then after a while, he just got busy. <laughs> and I was like, you on top five worst people on the planet. For bro. sure. So I made him promise to come here and not only fix it, but fix it for free. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to get this dude an extra, like, a buy yes. one, get one free tattoo or something. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Tattoo world. Uh-huh. She's like, so I can't charge him? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, you can't charge him. So I'm, I got to stay on him because uh, that's my dude. I love him, but he's a wild card. Yeah, that's and, messed up. Yeah, I got to stay on him, but I'm a, I'm promise <laughs> I'm going to try to get this person's tattoo done if it's the last thing I do. We are now, we are now fully invested, yes. and you have to keep us updated as to whether he's going to get the rest of his dragon. I'll keep you posted. That is jacked up. Man. I know, man. The Burt Show. All right, so we're always, we have this debate quite a bit. When everybody, when you go out on a date, who's going to, how are you going to split the bill? Is the dude going to take charge? Is, is the woman going to go, look, no, 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 I'm my own woman. I'm independent. I don't need your cash. So how is it split up? All right, so the first one I'm going to play for you is a video that went viral of a woman explaining a savage response she has if a man expects to split the bill with her. And then shortly after that, we're going to debate this new dating theory, and that's that a woman shouldn't sleep with a man until he spent $2,000 on them. What? <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Let's take these one at a time. Yep. So here's the first one. So this is at PearlBots on Instagram, and I saw this on Lad Bible, and it's she's giving women advice on what they should do if a man expects her to split the bill. When a man wants to go 50-50 with you on a date, do this. Oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed right now. Um, wait, you wanted to just be friends? I'm so confused. This whole entire time, I thought this was a date. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm so sorry. Here's my card. You watch dude put that money up. I'm not mad at that. That's yes. solid. No, I'm actually not mad at that. That is really solid. That's pretty good. That is. And they actually, they even put in the caption, um, that's chess, not checkers. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not yeah. a problem, but that's, I guess this is not a date. That's beautiful. And it plays on the ego the same way uh, your trick does with the Tesla. Yes. Oh, oh my God. That's the new Taurus. That's so amazing. <laughs> I've heard such good things about them. And you, you can get them for a steal, right? Like, they're super cheap. I see the T on your car. It's a Taurus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Tesla owners would be pissed. All right. So then I came across this article that there's a new dating technique that has emerged. And it's going viral on social media as well. And it's the two 
$1,000 date rule. Okay, so let me read. Dating expert Jana Hawking says there is a theory going around social media that encourages women to hold off on getting into the bedroom until a man has spent a decent amount of money on them. She actually discovered this theory from a dating podcast, um, a dating podcast host called Tink. Now, the first reason why this new rule is kind of growing on me, says Jana, is that if a guy is willing to go on enough dates to warrant $2,000 out of pocket, then there's a fair chance the guy is probably properly invested in you. And then she also goes, I mean, if the libido can withstand that many dates, then he's a keeper. Um, that's kind of shallow, <laughs> but whatever. Then she goes, the second reason I like this rule, and I think most importantly, is spending that amount of time together without getting distracted by nakedness might actually help us get all those icks out of the way nice and early. Now, she admitted she wasn't on board with the concept at first because two grand is a lot of money to spend on mm. someone. But she's coming around to it because the sum of money would definitely give you enough time to work out whether this person was worth going all the way in. Now, she goes, this doesn't apply to people who are very wealthy because they could drop, you know, drop two grand at the drop of a hat. He's taking you to Chili's going, check, two th- I'm going to tip you. Here's $2,000. <laughs> but yeah, so it's the $2,000 rule. Don't sleep with him until he spent $2,000 on you. I like that they're like, this isn't for the really rich. I'm like, if you can spend $2,000 yes. on dates, you're rich. That is literally like right. 40 dates at Chili's Th- at 50 bucks a pop. There's so much offensive about this. I would think, Cassie, you'd be running with this. First of all, it's assuming that um, men have more value, that women are just there to not be physical also, right? Where women have needs also. Why do they have to wait for $2,000, right? It turns everything into a monetary transaction. Yeah, right? And it places, like, the man has to spend everything. There's no equality in the relationship. It's using men. Mm -hmm. So you spend a thousand bucks and you decide it doesn't work out and y'all have just... But it's just so dumb. Like, that's not what (laughs) relationships are about. There's no monetary value. And it's the same way if they had come to the table and said, uh, guys, if she hasn't put out by the third date, well, then she's not interested in you. I'd be equally as mad. Like, it's just... Stop trying to place these stupid parameters on dates. Yeah, $2,000 means completely different things to different people. Even if you're not like exorbitantly wealthy, it's easier for a guy making six figs to drop 2000 in a month. And then, you know, you're getting laid in four weeks. Whereas <laughs> if somebody's still like in the entry level parts of their job, like $2,000 is a very significant amount of money. So you're like waiting like six, seven months. And it just seems like a very dumb rule that I also don't even know how you would keep track like you just asking for receipts at the end of every day <laughs> right. like hang on i gotta tally this up in my notes app <laughs> could you imagine abby you go on a few dates with a guy and then he breaks out his spreadsheet and he's like abby we've met the met the 2k mark now it's time to put out yep. <laughs> if he's a freak in the excel sheets the, the my idea p- of her being at the table saying you about 35 dollars away would be hilarious <laughs> watch how quickly he spends that 35 dollars tiramisu please <laughs> yeah i mean i hate everything about this it's just so superficial and it's also suggesting that um, dudes just are in this for the physical part. Like, here it is, here's mm-hmm. the prize, but you got to get two grand for it. Well, you guys have said, to be fair, that that is very important. Like, you said you wouldn't want to date somebody who doesn't, like, who wants to withhold themselves for marriage. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So, right, it's, it's sure. obviously important. The, the majority of the men are pretty much in it for that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, like, I hate to say it. Mm, but yeah, let's, let's, let's keep not it. Not all, not all, but a lot. Yeah. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. People's sexiest man alive was just announced. So last night on Jimmy Kimmel, he brought out the sexiest man alive, but they covered up his face and had audience members ask questions until they figured out who was 2023's sexiest man alive. Patrick Dempsey's super hot. It feels like if this was 10 years ago. Yeah. For sure. But now I kind of feel, I feel the same way I did when I found out Maroon 5 was going to be playing the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I saw the magazine cover this morning, I was like, didn't he already win this? Like, why are they choosing him again? This is his first time winning sexiest man alive. And I have a theory as to why he was chosen. Because again, it does feel like it came out of left field even though arguably Patrick Dempsey, one of the sexiest men alive. Yeah. So I was reading on Duma, the gossip site, and they were talking about some of the potential options and why some people weren't going to be 
able to accept the award because you can be asked to be the sexiest man alive, but you can also decline the award. And so my top pick was Ryan Gosling. I thought it made a lot of... What? How was good it? looking do you have to be to go, oh, you want right. to honor me for my sexiness? No, thank you. <laughs> and do you receive it the same if you know it went through three other right? options right. before you the sexy man now? Right. That's what I think. You're not... Is he sloppy seconds? Right. Is he sloppy thirds? You is he sloppy fourths? You can't come off the sexy bench. You got to be the starter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's only one way to win that award. But they're not declining it because of any kind of, you know, physical reasons. Yeah. They're declining it because of work. So Ryan Gosling... <laughs> because of work. Was it like Miss America and you need to go on tour and do charity right? appearances? A little bit, yeah. Like you is have it to, really? Yeah, you have to be because like how Patrick Destiny was on Jimmy Kimmel, like they make a big deal out of it. And so if you are like you have to be able to do certain engagements in order to be able to accept the award. Oh, really? So you can make the announcement. So sexy with strings attached. It okay. is. It is. <laughs> so my top choice was Ryan Gosling. I thought it made a lot of sense. He's objectively attractive and he was just in one of the biggest movies of mm -hmm. the year, if not the biggest movie of the year. I thought it'd be an easy choice. Well, on the Instagram account, it talked about how he wouldn't have been able to accept it because of the actor strike because of course you're going to be doing all these appearances you can't come on and then uh, promote all of your projects so then that's how they started narrowing it down to people before it was announced because they're like well it can't be this person because they have this project <laughs> coming out and they won't be able to talk about it so now it's offensive like you're the sexiest person alive because you're unemployed yes <laughs> right. you're the best we can do man the sexiest the unemployed one, man alive you're the only one with no income <laughs> and nothing on your calendar so now you're sexy Congratulations. <laughs> so here's the thing with Patrick Dempsey is he does have a movie coming out in December. Comes out on Christmas Day, so it must be a pretty big deal. But they have an interim agreement with SAG-AFTRA, so he's uh, not unemployed, but he does have the ability to be able to talk about his film. So it makes a lot of sense that he got chosen. He also has a um, a charity uh, that was founded in honor of his late mom to support cancer pa cancer patients and their loved ones. So he's excited to also get to promote that as well. Yeah, If you're giving me an option, would you rather be sexy or employed? I'll take employed every day. I'm taking employed I'm all taking day employed. long. Well, Patrick you, Dempsey is sexy and employed because they had... In he December, has a, right. Because you know what? There's nothing sexier than having money in the bank. <laughs> That's a fact. But if you're sexy, you can be self-employed with OnlyFans. Okay. Ah, win, okay. win, win. It's a new day. The other thing that I was thinking about is when you get announced sexiest man alive, how do the people in your life react? And Patrick said that his family's reaction um, could have been better. Who was it that got announced sexiest man alive and everyone was like, what? I think it was Blake Shelton. Yeah. When Blake Shelton was announced, not that he's not a good looking man, but if you were going to take the title of sexiest man alive, mm -hmm. I feel like you got to bring it. And also, Patrick Dempsey, worth $85 million. That's sexy. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Sexy. that's pretty damn sexy. Yeah, that, that, that made my part single. Right? <laughs> and for the older generations, the fact that he went from Can't Buy Me Love to this, yes. that's impressive. Yes, that's that's an old school movie. And it is, when you think about that Patrick Dempsey to today's Patrick Dempsey, man, that is a glow up. Uh, she says she definitely doesn't want kids. So why is she freezing her eggs? I'll tell you about this actress's reasoning on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Before we get into Katie here telling us that she thinks she let down one of her friends the other day. Um, I've been meaning to talk about this since Monday. Katie and I come up in the elevator on Monday or maybe we're just walking in the halls. And I'm like, hey, how was your weekend? <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's pretty low key. I'm like, yeah, what's that look like? She's like, I never got out of bed. <laughs> sure didn't. I'm like, you never got out of bed? You mean you went, you did some stuff, and you came back to bed, and then you went out, and you can't. She's like, nope, just stayed in bed all weekend. I'm like, all weekend you stayed in bed? Yep. It's so peaceful. And I just put on a show, got up for food mm -hmm. and water. And bathroom. Yep, and pee. <laughs> then got back, and I get under two layers of blankets. Yes. Ceiling fan on, and just binge. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> Hey, pre-kid. Yeah. Woo. Oh, yeah. Kristen uh -huh. would come in here. One day she told me she came in here on Monday morning, and she's like, I was in bed all weekend. I'm like, what does that even look like? She's like, well, I looked at my Apple Watch, and I think I had 300 steps <laughs> all weekend. I think it was more like 30. <laughs> <laughs> Just to the bathroom and back. And there's been times where Mo has questioned me, yes. too, because we, we uh, have each other's, like, steps and stuff on our Apple Watch, and he's like... Katie, did you not wear your Apple Watch today? You just didn't do anything? Like, what? I, was like, I don't do nothing. I always think she either takes it off or it dies. She's like, no, I had it on the whole time. <laughs> you got 30 steps in four days. How many steps would she have to have before you're like, Katie's dead? Oh. 
Wow. wow. I, I did not see that being the question. How many hours go by? I was like, Katie's got no steps. She's probably dead. It, it would have to be anything under 10. Like, as long as, she, as long as she has 11 or more, there's nothing to see here. I just don't have that gear in me. And I know people that do, that mm-hmm. can sit there like Kristen was the first to introduce me to this idea of, like, never getting out of bed all weekend long and watching TV. I, I couldn't do it. It's just, it was, it's my way of recharging. Mm-hmm. Some people might call that depression, but it depends on how long yeah. they do it. That's when I do it. <laughs> that was my second question to Katie. I'm like, you yeah. depressed? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I thought about lying, but I was like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. Very nonchalant about it. Here yeah. We are. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I certainly am. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's not make this an everyday occurrence. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm getting out this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be in bed. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, how did you let your friend down here? Oh, so this is a weekend where I decided that I wanted to go out. And um, I went out with my friend and I knew that she was probably going to be on the prowl, you know, looking for some guys, sure. you know. So I'm like, girl, I got your back. I am going to be your wing woman. But we needed to come up with some rules. OK, because I have know there's been times where I've intercepted and I shouldn't have. So I'm like, all right, we need a little code of when to intercept with someone that you're not feeling or anything like that. So you are had- a good wing woman. Yes. You're going into the game. You got to have a game plan. Taking notes, Mo. I am. Yeah. <laughs> and so we came up with a little little signal. Right. If she, you know, tugged on her ear a little bit, it'd be like, yo, get me away from this dude. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then she's like, if anything else, just let it rock. I was like, all right, and I'll watch from afar. (laughs) (laughs) So on this particular night, it's three of us. We decided to go out, and when we go out to this lounge, like, we're sitting at the bar, but it's kind of like at a corner. So we're, like, the last three seats on a corner, and, like, there's, like, five seats on the other side, and it's all a group of dudes. And as soon as we walk in, it's like, whoosh. It's like all the eyes are on us because we were the only ladies at that bar. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. All right. Like, is it going to be weird? It's going to be awkward. But those guys are pretty chill. And then one of my friends, she ends up leaving. And as she leaves, a guy, and I'm going to just refer to him as a pimp named Slickback. Because <laughs> that's, that's an interesting choice of name. Kate. <laughs> His outfit gave a pimp named Slickback okay. vibes. And those who watch Boondocks, yeah. Boondocks know what I'm talking about. All right. So there's this tall man. All right. In a like brown top hat and a brown leather vest with a button down under it. Okay. Okay. Is this an an OG or a dude that is trying to be trendy old school? Oh, no. This is OG. Okay. He's giving OG vibes. He's a player from the Himalaya. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like the way he walks up is like a pimp. And so (laughs) he walks up to my friend and he casually like. Post his elbow up like, hey, little oh, lady. He does the <laughs> 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 Young thing. He does the pimp lean. Yeah, he does the lean. Yeah. And the lean, and I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like watching from the side. And she does the little ear tug thing. I'm like, oh, I got to get her away from this creep. So I'm like, this is my chance. So I move in and start, you know, talking to both. Like, hey, how's the night going? Da, 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 right? And as we're having conversation, I'm trying to figure out a game plan to get her away. I'm like, oh, we need to go over here type of thing. He's like, no, let me talk to you for a second. And I'm like, all right, cool. If he's talking to me, yeah, it's getting attention away from her. And she can kind of like make a run for it. Go to the bathroom or something. And, yeah. 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 But, then, oh, but old boy here is thinking yeah. like, Three. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. where he's at. He doesn't have it in him, probably. It doesn't sound like <laughs> But maybe he took that Viagra. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you're jumping on the pimp grenade. Yeah, because I'm prepared to hurt his feelings. Yes. Yeah. 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 That yeah. sounds messy. If one thing, like, she knows, like, if, if she gets away, I'll catch up eventually. Most see me do that, too. Like, Many I'll catch up. I can get away from a situation. <laughs> Many of time. She come up to you out of breath and everything. <laughs> And so as I'm talking to him, I'm like, all right, cool. I got the creep away out of my peripheral. As I see her trying to make her escape is an even creepier dude in oh, yellow no. approaching her. And then I realized that that was his friend. Oh, so it was a trap. It was a pimp trap. It was a pimp trap. <laughs> <laughs> no. So there were two. Yeah, pimps usually have a partner. <laughs> there were two. So she got trapped by the one that even looked worse Damn. than the one I was trying to avoid. And I'm like, now I can't help her because I'm trying to talk to him. And he's like, I want you. And I'm like, I'm a lesbian. He's like, so? so. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. I feel like telling a pimp that you're a lesbian is not a deterrent. If anything, right. that's like a. No. It, that's. Some, it's a challenge. Yeah. Plus, mm-hmm. he had himself a, a wing pimp. So he were doing the same thing that you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I failed her because I didn't do my proper scouting oh. of who he was with. I thought he was alone and didn't know that he had a backup plan Yeah, to have somebody attack her. It's hard to be prepared for two pimps at one time. Man. Yeah. That's, that's not easy. You know what I think? Can I give you guys a homework assignment? 
right. And the homework assignment is this, because both of you guys now have confessed that you fumbled in being good wing man, wing woman. Mm-hmm. Why don't you guys come in tomorrow with a list of instructions to be a good wing person? Okay. Okay. All right. Based on your failures. A wing guide. A wing guide. This has to happen. Yes. This has to happen. Yeah, we're going into dating. See, this has to happen. Okay. Do we want to trust the two people who have failed to put this guide together? Well, we keep asking you to set people up on dates, so why wouldn't we? That's not fair, Okay. I don't know why I had to get dragged all the time. You just got to overcome your failure. Yes. You learn from my mistakes, right? Okay. Okay. Tell you what not to do. All right. The Burt Show. All right, Abby, the signs are there here, man. Maybe there's so many things going wrong at this bridal shower that maybe it's a sign from the universe. Yeah, so life is really not helping my what can go wrong will go wrong attitude because literally everything has gone wrong with my cousin's bridal shower. I was riding the high of absolutely crushing the bachelorette party. It was Pinterest perfect. The theme was on point. The photos turned out amazing. I got all the praise in the group chat. Like I really was like, I should do this as a living or for a living. I like should be a professional maid of honor. So we're coming in hot for the bridal shower. We were planning it for early January and we had a venue picked out. Uh, it was per- exactly what the bride wanted. She sent it to us in the wedding planners group chat. My mom and I say, we'll handle it. We'll get things going so that we can have this exact date that you want. So we call up the venue. We get everything handled. They're like, yep, date's available. This is where you can have the bridal shower. So we're like, cool, sweet, great. Everything's going going awesome. We're the best planners of all. <laughs> so a couple of weeks go by. We got to like confirm with the venue, make sure that like we have, have the deposit down, do all the things that you got to do. And so we call them. And they don't answer. And my mom's like, they're probably just not it. Maybe it's their day off. So we wait a couple days, call them again. Boom, no answer. And my mom's starting to get worried now because we're very high anxiety people. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're going to panic. So we wait a couple more days, call them again. We don't hear from them. From them. So then we have my cousin go by the literal venue to make sure that like people still work there because no one is answering our calls. So she goes to the venue and she's like, hey, we really wanted to have our bridal shower on XYZ date. Like, is that so good? And she goes, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't handle events. That's Elizabeth over here. So you got to wait till she gets back in the office next week. She's like, okay, I'll come back around then, or I'll call Elizabeth in a week. So a week goes by. We call up Homegirl, and we're like, hey, no answer. Goes straight to voicemail. So now we're thinking, shoot, it is literally like two months out from the bridal shower. We want to have it in the beginning of January. What are we going to do? So then we have to go back to the drawing board. We're in the group chat. We're, I'm sending like Google link after Google link. Like, what do you think about this place? It, you know, it's it's got white walls and, gr- and great lighting. Like, I know it's next to a strip club, but like, it's fine. <laughs> and um, I text my mom because I hadn't heard anything back from my cousin for like the next couple of days. I was like, I sent all these links. I did all this research. I put together a PowerPoint presentation and like a new vision board. What's going on here? And my mom goes, what are you talking about? You didn't send anything in the group chat. There were no links sent. I was like, what do you mean there were no links sent? I just sent like 15 different places around the Tampa, Central Florida area for us to have this bridal shower. So then I go back into my group chat and I see that all of the hard work that I had done where I'd sent like 15 different venues had been undelivered and had the little red sign. So I'm like, well, shoot, now I got to deliver them again. So I press, you know, I do the thing where I'm like, please send his text message or please just send period. And they will not go through. Hmm. And so I'm like, at this point, I'm starting to feel like this bridal shower is quite literally cursed because we had the venue picked out for the first time around. And then I'm trying to get like a backup plan together and that's not working out. So we finally settle on a third venue, or really this is like number 22 after all the links that I had sent at this point. We finally settle on a third venue because it's the right location, has the right lighting, Uh it's next to the strip club, but like whatever. (laughs) And And, and you're saying that in a a bad way. (laughs) Well, you know, we could have like a little after party after the (laughs) bridal shower, but when the theme is- boobies. (laughs) <laughs> when the theme is love is in bloom, um, we weren't necessarily expecting strippers to be present. <laughs> and so we email, we emailed the lady. We're like, hey, we want this venue. Can, you, can we please get it? And she's like, perfect. Sounds great. That date that you want, it's available. Here's when you can put down the deposit. So then 24 hours goes by. We, we let out a sigh of relief. Like, we've just found the next venue. We can start with the Pinterest board again. We can get the invitations out. Because if we don't get the invitations out by, like, next week, then no one's going to come. And then I get a ding from my inbox from the venue lady. No, no. And it says, hey, girl, um, I know I said that date and time was available. Mm-mm. But it's not, we don't have any availability until February. 
And I was like, shoot, I don't think February is going to go over well. So I send it in the group chat and I'm like, hey, how we feel about February? <laughs> Turns out February is not an option. Mm. It's got to be in January. So where's all this incompetence coming from, from these venues? Yeah. Does nobody want to make money? I don't get it. So right now we are venueless. I'm convinced that this thing is not going to happen. We have no place to do it. We have two months to figure our, less than two months to figure out our ass because they want it the first weekend in January. Maybe it is like dating. You just got to keep setting the bar lower and lower and lower. So you had this beautiful venues or the venues were top shelf. Maybe you just got to like, I don't know, maybe it's not as exciting a venue just so there's availability. You're saying we go to like Chili's or something? Yep. I had mine at a friend's house and it was lovely. Well, the thing is, like, no one wants to host it at their house because it's going to be like a massive bridal shower. It's going to be like 150 people. What? Yeah, so we have That's to find big. a venue. What? Wow. Dude. You show up to OG a venue, get your mom to go every day and look for Elizabeth until she returns your call. Ooh. But is this sort of like, like you said, dating? Do you really want to beat down the door of somebody who's ghosted you? Yeah, yeah and also, well, you do if you don't have any other options. That's it's, true. That's got to be the last option because if they can't even bother to return a phone call, I don't feel like they're going to be, you're going to be able to trust them that's to host the, host the party there. I am sure that Cracker Barrel has <laughs> a venue spot in the back that they will make very, very lovely for you guys. You, you know what? I would love Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> they got great pancakes. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you got to have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It doesn't sit right with my soul. That's kind of been a fun theme we've been playing with on The Burt Show lately, where you're getting something off your chest that's just not sitting right with you. Like when I threw a sick burn at Abby and then immediately felt bad, and she did the same thing to Kristen and also felt bad right away. Now, we're all good, and that was all in good fun, but sometimes you're not quite ready to confront your problems head on, and you need someone to talk to. And while we love talking to you guys about your drama, sometimes it's above our pay grade, and you need a professional to give you advice. I've been to therapy and there's something so freeing about unloading your problems on a therapist that has your back and you know is there to help you. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Show. The Burt Show. I feel like every time I see a woman between the age of like 22 and 45 reading a book in public right now, it's the <laughs> Britney Spears memoir. I have seen that cover so <laughs> many times, man. And Kristen just got done finishing it. I did. So I, I went the audible route and I listened to Michelle Williams tell me about the life of Britney Spears, which I kind of get it now because they sound somewhat similar. Yes, there there were multiple times in the book. Yeah. I'm like... I almost wonder if she studied videos of Britney speaking so she could slightly imitate it because there were times I was like, Is, was that Brit? Yeah. It yeah. makes sense. I think she's an Academy Award winning actress, so mm-hmm. girl's got it going on. Yeah. So um, I I was traveling over the weekend, so I was able to, um, it, it's, it's an easy listen because it's only six hours. So between my flights and hanging out at the airport, I was, I was able to knock it out in a weekend. Um, and I, I think it's fair to say that, um, no, it's not going to get a Pulitzer or anything. It's not like the, the best written book, but it is entertaining and it is very interesting and gives you such incredible insight into Brittany's world and why she is the way she is. And I felt like after listening to that book, 
um, everything made sense. And it, it, it became more about a lesson of the power of why. So it's so easy to sit there and look at somebody and, and judge them for whatever they may be doing. But whatever they may be doing or saying, there's a why mm-hmm. behind that. Mm-hmm. And it's understanding that why. You never really know somebody's origin story, right? No, you really don't. And I mean, yes, when you read a memoir like this, I think with any memoir, you have to take it with a grain of salt because this is her version of events. And it, it is her truth, um, which she is very well entitled to talk about. Um, I, I was worried because when I was talking to Cassie about it, what was coming out in the media, it felt like there was a lot of finger pointing, but not a lot of accountability. But when you list like, or when you read the book um, or listen, listen to the book, there, there is some level of accountability and she, she owns everything she does as far as like why she dances the way she does on Instagram, why she like the clothing that she chooses to wear. Um, she knows she has poor taste in clothes and she does not care. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole, everything behind the, the shaving of the head and like finally hearing from her where all that stemmed from and knowing the and knowing the trauma that she was dealing with, not being able to see her kids who were only two months old and 17 months old at the time or two months old and 14 months old because they were only like 12 months apart. And why couldn't she see them? Kevin refused to let her see them because they were going through a divorce at the time and it got very contentious. And it wasn't that's that wasn't after she shaved her head. That was that was what led to her doing that mm-hmm. because she was such a distraught mother, not being able to see her kids. She just it it pushed her into that place, which she owns, by the way. Like she knows that she had like a breakdown, and it was because she just wanted to be around her kids. And it was that part, and being a mom now totally get that because she said a friend told her she goes I would have done something a lot worse than shaving my head like I, I weren't I would have burned the city down in order to get to my kids but, but like you said there has to be another side so why would the courts rule that Kevin has the kids which is really really it wasn't, rare the courts hadn't ruled yet he was just keeping them and people who used to be on her security team were now working for Kevin so oh, essentially he okay. went to get the kids he never gave them back so could you imagine a new mom and she's in the throes of severe postpartum depression which she talked about has had her two-month-old taken from her and he won't give it back and the people who used to be on your security team are now blocking you from your children. It feels like kidnapping to me. Yeah, yeah. The courts hadn't ruled anything yet because they were like, the, the divorce had just been filed, which I thought was so sketch that she just, I, you do have this level of empathy for her because she was surrounded, she was surrounded by people who were never looking out for her. They were always looking out for themselves or somebody else. So like she got she got convinced to file for divorce instead of Kevin because she didn't want to file. She got convinced to file for divorce because they said, if he files, it's going to make you look bad, blah, blah, blah. You want to take control of the narrative. But because she filed for divorce, she was on a hook for all of his legal fees. Oh, okay. Which is why. So it's finding out little mm. nuggets like that. And then when you um, when you get towards the end and you're talking about like the conservatorship and what she endured during that conservatorship. And I remember tuning in because there was going to be that big to do about her doing another Las Vegas residency. Right. And Mario Lopez was there to do this big announcement. And it was like a, a new facility that I just opened up. It was going to be a big deal. Mind you, she didn't want to do this. She had done her first, like for years, done a Vegas residency and she was done. Like she was, she was ready to take a break. She wanted a break and her team's like, nope. So when they unveiled her, she was supposed to make an announcement, but she did not want to do that residency. Mm. She walked down the stairs, smiled and got right into the car and drove off. And everybody's like, that's so crazy. It's because she was finally standing up for herself because she's like, everybody's forcing me to do something I don't want to do. And then that's when they committed her to the hospital for months. Yeah, I'm guessing there's a reoccurring theme in the whole thing, um, just from an outsider's perspective, that she's been controlled her entire life. So when you see her on Instagram with the knife dance and all that stuff and acting kind of crazy, this is her way of saying, this is me now. Yeah. Nobody can tell me what to do. Exactly. Is that kind of the underlying theme of the whole book? 100%. Yeah. And it's really sad, too, because I think a lot of people are like, well, why didn't you just say no? Like, why didn't you not do it? It's because they 
weaponized her kids against her. Mm. Like they would not allow her to see the kids if she spoke against doing even like a dance move. And then they put her in this facility and put her on lithium as well. Um, and I, I do think there's more to the story. I definitely felt some parts were glossed over and it, they, you know, it, it didn't go in deep. But the things that her team did and the advantage it, they took of her and the money that they robbed from her, it's truly like listening to it. It really fills you with rage that this person was in the public eye and nobody knew that she was essentially her kids were being used against her in order to make her make everybody else money. It's worth the read. Yes. Yeah. 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 It, or, or the listen. Like, you know, if you don't want to do that, right, you just right. want to have it like on Audible. But it really does open your eyes. And so it's so easy now to like watch her on Instagram and to dismiss like, you know, you know, people, they call her the C word. They call her crazy all the time. Um, That's the new C word. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's much more PG-13 than I remember. Okay. Uh, they call her crazy all the time, and it's so easy to dismiss her. But when you get to the reason why she's doing that, like I watch her now, and I'm like, God, it makes total sense. For 13 years, she was given this 2K and then had to ask her team if she was allowed to buy things like a pair of sneakers, and they would say mm -hmm. no. So, yeah, it does make sense. The Bird Show. All right, let's get to Allison here who has been on hold and wants to finish out War of the Roses from yesterday. Uh, hey, Allison, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. All right, so we're going to have answers for you here in just a couple of minutes. But for those that didn't hear it yesterday, tell us about this great friend group that you have that you're about to destroy. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Oh, man. Um... So, uh, yes, we are. We're in an awesome friend group because it consists of a large number of 10 couples. We are 10 awesome couples. We do a lot of stuff together, um, go on trips and just, you know, just group events and whatnot. But um, I've been noticing lately that um, a husband from one couple, a wife from another couple have been kind of flirty with each other. And um, just recently, my husband, Jack, and I, kind of caught something in action when um, the husband and, the and you know, the two flirty ones, they stepped away and we noticed his hand travel um, from the back of her neck very slowly down her back, um, practically to her buttock. That's the new hug. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Oh, yep. oh no, no, I wasn't aware. We don't, we don't hug like that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't fist bump anymore. Um, we just do that. <laughs> we just rub oh. our fingers right down the spine. Nice little caress. Um, when you said yesterday, and you said it again today, that even your yeah. husband noticed it, that's when the flag went off for me. Like, okay, because guys are generally clueless to these kind of things. But if he noticed it, then there must be something here. Sometimes we even try yeah. to be clueless on purpose. Yes, right. He, he's like, that's a no-no, absolutely, in his book, that's a no-no, you don't, you don't do that, so, um, yeah, we really, we're really kind of curious, well, okay, so the other thing is that Dave's wife is, um, the husband is, uh, his wife is, his pre she's pregnant, Okay. Um, she's seven months along, so we really just, it's getting to a point, we need to know if he's stepping out. Going on. Yeah, that raises the stakes a lot. Okay, so um, let's give you the results that you wanted, and then we'll deal with that. And Abby is going to read our War of the Roses. We sent a fake promotional email to the email address Allison provided for her married friend, Dave, who is married to Jesse. He was offered a free bouquet of flowers and was able to choose from several options with pictures. The first was, my best bud, a true expression of friendship is seen in this beautiful pink rose plant, freshly budding and ready to bloom. Plant outdoors and like your friendship, it will flourish with care. Number two was, Cotton candy, a fun assortment of light pink roses, hydrangeas, and carnations that remind you of that sugary treat. The third was aloe <laughs> Aloe vera plants can soothe the sin, the skin, the air, and your soul. Let this easy to care for succulent care for you. I think you might have got it right the first time. Soothe the sin. Freudian slip there. The last one is kabloom. An explosion of roses for the woman who makes your heart burst. This bouquet of two dozen rose, red roses will be one she won't forget. In exchange, she was asked to share 10 promo codes for 30% off a future order with his friends and family. The first one was sent at 9.18 a.m. The second one was sent at 1.14 p.m. And he ordered flowers at 3.10 p.m. 
he chose Kabloom, an explosion of roses for the woman who makes your heart burst. This bouquet of two dozen red roses will be one she won't forget. And these are getting sent to Lucy. He set delivery for Thursday morning to be delivered to a work address. And the note on the card said, tag, you're it. Smiley face. Who is Lucy? Lucy's the married pregnant friend. Yikes. Damn. I say your instincts were on and your husband nailed this one. Um, So now what do you do with that info? Oh, no. I was hoping he'd send aloe, aloe vera. Um, <laughs> well, even if he sends aloe vera to it, that's not better. <laughs> Lucy got a bad sunburn? <laughs> I don't know. Just not the roses. Um, okay, so my husband, Jack, and I, we kind of talked about this, and I think the first step we're going to take is he's going he's gonna to talk to Dave. Um, okay, so before you... Move forward with anything. Yeah. You said that Lucy's pregnant, right? Yes. Are we sure it's her husband's? Huh? Oh, oh that's a di- that's a whole different level. <laughs> I thought you were going to say to wait before we stress her out. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like if if your husband yeah. if your husband go yeah. does this, I'm just saying yeah. this could be this could be bigger than you could ever have imagined. Do we have like a paternity test where the roses we can do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's all. Maury, Maury Povetain will send this. different s- samples of sperm to <laughs> the lab, and we find out when it comes we're, back we're, next level. We're um, more certain that 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 there it's his because we've been hanging with them for a while and um, that lines up a little bit better. So um, you know, but that's why I think Jack's going to talk to Dave first and maybe I don't know see if Dave won't handle this on his own or or, or maybe stop or maybe stop. Yeah, Allison, we got to run, but um, yeah. I think you got to deal with the rose situation first, and then, <laughs> um, then you got to deal with the baby situation. But you got the info now, and I think it's probably a decent game plan for your husband to go to the other husband and say, "We know what's up. You got to stop this immediately." Yeah. All right, Thank Alice. Thank you. Uh, good luck. Bye bye. How many dudes you know have affairs with women who are pregnant? Uh, it's be a zero for me. Okay, right. I, I, I don't. I don't know any. Unless he might be invested in said pregnancy. Yes. 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 Mo and I have said this before, also that you can't, as a guy, you can't quite put your finger on it. But doing that with somebody that's pregnant with somebody else's baby, it makes it worse. It makes. It makes it so much worse. <laughs> it, it, it's so invasive. Yes, it is. <laughs> the Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. It's that time of year again. We're finally at the point of the Golden Bachelor where they're going to the fantasy suite. Bounce, bounce, bounce. So this is a little bit different because normally yeah. it's like, you know, a bunch of hot 25-year-olds, you know, yeah. bang it in the fantasy suite. But this time around, we got the Golden Bachelor. And it, you know what? I know we tend to to think that, you know, Grammy and Grandpa can't get it on, but I think uh, most nursing homes have like the highest rates of STDs. So yeah. this could be an interesting week. Bro is uh, hitting the blue pill this week. He knows what's up. <laughs> he knows what's up. So our boy Gary, he went on at Tamron Hall's talk show today and she said, you know, I heard there might be a little action in the fantasy suite. And here's what his response was. The misdirect is that that really wasn't what those fantasy suites were for. Oh. Um, uh, you know, I found the fantasy suites to be the perfect moment to connect intellectually and emotionally with these right. women yeah. where I couldn't have conversations basically in front of our grandchildren. Yeah. Because when you're on camera and mic'd, everything is in front of your right. grandchildren. You have- this kind of maturity is not a ratings winner. <laughs> He should have left it a fantasy for that. Because <laughs> it's usually like they do that that same similar shot where the camera's outside the door and then they close the door and it's just assumed they are just getting it. Not in this case. <laughs> yeah, Gary, the realty needs to be like, what can you not talk about in front of your grandkids? Like, I don't understand what you're trying to hide from little Jimmy. Like, what Look. tea is being spilled, Gary? At this age, they close the door and they both took a nap. No. <laughs> <laughs> snoring in there. That's it. They brought out their knitting needles and Scrabble. <laughs> All right, Britney Spears fans are big mad over Timbaland's comments about her memoir. So he was recently asked about the recent spike in listens and press for a song that he worked on with Justin Timberlake called Cry Me a River. And let's just say his response was less than flattering. 
Said she's going crazy and you got to put a muzzle on her. What are you doing? Said JT needs to put a muzzle on her. Oh, gosh. I I mean, man is a phenomenal beat maker. Genius at making beats. Was never known for his words or his lyrics. I I wish he would have kept it that Mm -hmm. way. And he has a past of which he he should not be the one saying this. What's the past? Uh, that he allegedly was involved with Aaliyah when she was underage. Uh. He was involved in that whole thing. So that came back to haunt him in a lot of the comments about the situation, which is a, a situation I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. I was unfamiliar with, but... Yeah, Timberland probably should have let that one go. So, like, I obviously he's he's good buddies with Justin Timberlake. They've worked together quite a bit over the years, and I understand anybody like you know Lance Bass coming out talking, you know, wanting to defend Justin Timberlake, and you know I can see Timberland wanting to defend Justin Timberlake, but by you can defend your friend while not putting down mm-hmm. Britney Spears. Because that's a very misogynistic thing to say to like, oh, you need to get a muzzle on your woman. No, she has, she's well within her right to share her story. Um, and if you've, I just finished the book, you it, and if you read it or if you listen to it, you do have a whole other perspective on what she's been through in childhood and in adulthood. So I, I, I don't begrudge him wanting to stick up for his friend, but I thought he did it in the most crass, gross way he could have. I think that's important because if I'm Justin, I do want my friends to stand up for me the way that Timberland attempted to. But do it by giving somewhat of my perspective. Saying that she just needs to be muzzled comes off as if you're just not holding me accountable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way it was received. Yeah, it was a completely low response. And so, of course, he's got to come out and apologize. That was quick, by the way. <sighs> that He backtracked on that fast. Uh, somebody must have sent them to the shade room comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it bad. Yeah, it was yeah. real bad. Yeah, the apology needed to be said, and here is his response. I apologize to the Britney fans um, and her. Yes, you know about respecting women. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it. <laughs> I know about respecting women. Hell yeah. There was a little more to it, but yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it was a little bit longer. So he also said, You have a voice. You speak what you want to speak. Who am I to tell you what not to speak? Which um, you literally said that mm-hmm. Justin needed to put a muzzle on you, but you know, go off, King. Quoting from one of his songs with One Republic It's too late to apologize. <laughs> well, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as an interviewer, I'm glad that uh, he didn't realize, like, the option is no comment. Like, I'd rather not talk about that. Let's just move on to the next thing. <laughs> Say anything but that, dude. That's all he had to do. Yeah, yeah women, hell yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, honestly it's, much, it's kind of iconic. <laughs> all right, she says she definitely doesn't want to have kids, so why is she freezing her eggs? I'll tell you about this actress's reasoning on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. So many people trying to take control of the wedding and the plans. We all heard the phrase bridezilla. But then you got momzillas also. And here is where our problem starts this morning. Hey, Burt Show. P1 here. I've heard so many stories of wedding drama, and I didn't think it could be that bad. I just got engaged exactly one week ago today after 10 years. And I totally understand that my parents are excited. But dang, my mom is already stressing me out. He and I had already decided that our wedding would be on a cruise to the Caribbean with immediately family members only. Parents, step-parents, siblings with their spouses and kids, a maid of honor, and a best man. Maybe 20 people tops. We're looking at dates in early summer of 2026 so that the three kids will all be graduated from high school. That's two and a half years from now. Plus, we're paying for all of it, so we need time to save. We planned to have a reception afterwards for other family and friends, and my mom knew this, all caps. I specifically told her that we were keeping plans off social media so that anyone not invited on the cruise wouldn't be offended. My mom has already started announcing to other family members about the cruise, and they apparently need details. (laughs) We can't even book a cruise this far in advance, so there aren't even any details to give yet. So I reminded her of the plan. Immediate family members only. All right, stop right there because in this email, there's a reenactment. Playing the part of the momzilla will be Kristen, <laughs> and playing the part of her daughter 
will be Abby. <clears throat> well, when you know what cruise you're going on, you can't stop them from going if they buy their own rooms. Why do I tell people? What do I tell people when they expect an invitation? But mama, I can't send invitations for the cruise because I don't even have the dates yet. And even still, if they aren't in the 20 people we listed, they will get an invitation. But it will be for the reception Afterward. Okay, but why can't you do it in 2025? Cruise dates are available now. Who said it has to be 2026? We did! <laughs> we have to save money for it. Do you know we could be dead by then? <laughs> They're just barely in their 60s, so great gaslighting, Mom. So I went on to explain again that this will be my wedding and that we will plan to have it as we see fit and that it isn't her job to just go around and invite whoever she wants. When are we going to go wedding dress shopping? I don't know, Mom. I've been engaged for a week. <laughs> Obviously, you just called to start an argument with me. Click. And she hung up. Well. Am I the a-hole? Should I just let whoever pays their way show up? Obviously, my mom will have cruise information as soon as we have it booked for us. But should I just let this go or should I stand my ground? Already stressed, a frustrated fiance. You gotta stand your ground yeah, here, you right? Absolutely. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like, but you shouldn't have to be hanging out with a whole bunch of people you didn't even invite. Moms, what's going on? These type of situations always confuse me because, I mean, I'm as close as my mom as you can possibly be. I love my mother. But if she was doing this to me, I would have absolutely no problems asking her to take it back a bit and let me do my thing. This is not your wedding. This is mine. I love you, but I will handle it from here. I already know that if I'm lucky enough to one day trick a man into loving me and I get a, and I have a wedding, I know that my parents are going to be these people. And I'm kind of, yeah, I really do. And I think part of it is because I know my parents are going to be handling most of the costs for the wedding. And I think sometimes when you've got the money involved, you feel like you can invite whoever you want. And there is something weird about looking around and being like, okay, this is supposedly my day. Like you're the guest of honor and being like, I don't know who this rando is. Like, why do we invite all these people when I only want wanted, you know, if I want, I wanted to curate the guest list so it could be a day that celebrates me. So I, I you got to handle it with caution because you don't want to step on any toes with your family and ruin any relationships, you know, with your literal mom. But I think you got to put your foot mm. down. And if I were this bride to be, I would tell my mom the dates of the cruise and no other information. Yep. That's you what I was going to say. Yeah. You don't get to know the cruise line. You don't get, get to know the port that you're exiting for. I'll handle all that. Obviously, t tell the maid of honor and the best man, but otherwise, it's a moratorium so she doesn't spill the beans. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really, really great idea. Um, yeah, you, you can plan everything and then be like, you need to have these <laughs> dates. Obviously, you have to tell them the dates but then um, withhold all information and then just, like, take care of transportation for them to the airport. Like, because if you're paying for everything, then that's well within your right. And then it'll just be a surprise where they're flying to and what cruise you're going on. Now, did she say in here that the parents were going to be paying for the wedding? No. Or are we just assuming that? She, she's paying. She's paying for the whole thing, right? So mom's is just feeling entitled because she's the mom. Correct. And Why? it's been 10 years and they're very excited. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know how you handle the momzillas in a case like this, but it feels to me like you're not going to change her. She is going to get her hands dirty in your wedding anyway. So withholding the info or anything that you can is the only thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. You just got to set some boundaries and hope for the best. Stay in your ground. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. He is the head coach of McEachern High School girls flag football team in Powder Springs. And the entire team is doing something super cool. And they'd love to get you guys involved. This is Coach Jake. Hey, Jake. Good morning. How are you, Coach? Good, good. I'm, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, so tell us what the um, girls flag football team is doing that we can help you out with. Sure. So we are doing a coloring book and crayon drive where we are uh, collecting those uh, coloring books and crayons and intend to donate them to CHOA. And it's uh, just a really cool opportunity. Um, it's specifically for the Spalding Hughes Hospital. Mm -hmm. And 95% um, of their patients are either uninsured or Medicaid. And uh, the hospital will not... Uh, turn down any patient for any reason, regardless of how they're, you know, can be paid. And so I just thought it was a really cool opportunity to help out these uh, kids in need. 
Um, and also, so you guys are going to want you want to do a presentation to Pam Yonker of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta on November sixteenth. So we got a little bit of a deadline here. We have the Amazon wish list that we're going to share to our listeners to help you guys out. But is there another place they can drop off donations? Sure. So they can drop it off at McEachern High School if they'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, we we kind of have an open campus. It's it's an old college campus, so uh, all packages need to be dropped off at Russell Hall at uh, McEachern High School. If you've never driven by or been to McEachern High School, when he says it's an old college campus, you can tell that's a college campus. It is sprawling. It goes <laughs> on, and I'm, I couldn't believe it's like a high school. Um, it's a great thing that you guys are doing, so we got two ways, again, that you can help out. We're going to go ahead and share that wish list, or you could drop it right off at the, you said, which part of campus? Uh, Russell Hall. Russell Hall on campus as well. Um, what else can we do for you, Coach? I mean, just share it with everybody. And, and we have a goal of uh, 500 coloring books and 500 crayons. So I hope that we can meet that and really bless these kids at show up. 500 of each. Certainly, uh, Birchville community is pretty good at stepping up, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see what we can do over the next couple of days, all right? Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for joining us. All right. So we'll have all Thank the information you. up online mm-hmm. uh, so you can remember at com. All right, so I saw this headline, and I'm going to admit, I was judgy. Judgy Wudgy was a bear, and that bear was me. And then I read the article, and I'm like, this is beautiful. So a man and his new wife living in a house with their three daughters. His ex-wife moves in with them so they can all co-parent, and now her new boyfriend has also moved in with them. So all four (laughs) are living in the same house co-parenting. I know, right? Whoa. That is a maturity that I couldn't do right there. All right, do this again one more time. Okay, so um, a man and his wife. All right, so Mo and Abby are married. Correct. And he has three kids from a previous marriage, and that's me. All right. Right? So Mo and I want to co-parent our three daughters. Yep. And Abby's like, come on, move in. So I move into the house so we can all co-parent together. And then you and I start dating, yeah. and I bring you into the mix. And now Dang. all four of us are living together. That's insane. <laughs> that Dang. is an amazing maturity right yeah. there. It really is. So the article says, about a month after announcing that she was moving in with her ex-husband and his new wife to co-parent their three daughters, Katie Mathis welcomed another roommate into the fold, her boyfriend of one and a half years. They lived in a they live in a detached apartment above her ex's garage. Mathis, who's a content creator and wedding photographer, first announced that her boyfriend would be moving in on a TikTok that went viral. She told Insider that while her kids love the arrangement, blending all the family together, it has been an adjustment. She said, I would be lying if I said it was an easy move. But having the kids every day and putting them first is the best decision we continue to make. So she works in tandem with her ex. He's a former NFL player and entrepreneur, Evan Mathis. His new wife is a sports chiropractor. Her name is Megan. And they all work together and they over communicate. And they also have implemented systems and boundaries around the house. So they keep a binder laying out all the children's basic needs at the beginning of the week. um, Kate and Megan, who... Kate refers to Megan as an angel, her her ex-husband's wife. They plan out the dinners because all of them sit down and eat dinner together as a family most evenings. They have this giant whiteboard to track monthly goals and a rotation of parents um, and a rotation of parents convene with the children at bedtime. So they all take turns at bedtime because they do the rose, bud, and thorn of the day, which I think a lot of parents do. What was your rose of the day? What was your bud uh, of the day? What was your thorn of the day? I've heard it called different things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Kate says that the biggest, um, Katie says that the, the biggest source of, um, conflict has been disparities in parenting style. Mm. So she feels like he has taken on the fun dad role and she's more the disciplinarian. <laughs> that sounds, <laughs> that sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but ready for this? She, Evan, her ex-husband and Megan, his new wife. They all have been doing group therapy. Really? What? To make sure yeah. that they are co-parenting property, properly. She goes, uh, we have the boundary that we will not air our parenting grievances in front of the kids, which helps us avoid undermining each other. So many TikTokers have supported Katie, and some of the comments have been, like, a majority of them have been very supportive. But there are some that are 
not kind, to what? put it mildly. What's the bro? Yeah, they right? think that she's sleeping with her ex. Oh, come on, oh, wow. man. Yeah, they're creating. Yeah, so so she's actually been more cautious about what she's sharing recently. And she goes, but at the end of the day, her only concern is about the welfare of her girls. She goes, they tell us every single day, at least once, all of them, that they're so happy that I've moved in. It makes the harder moments worth it. This is so next level. This is something I'm really passionate about as a guy that's been divorced and has had to co-parent also is that you really got to swallow your ego when it comes to co-parenting and put the kids first every single day time. And I know you guys hate when I use this phrase, but I use it often when it comes to co-parenting and breaking up. And that's F my feelings, man. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how um, um, I'm getting along with their mother. It doesn't matter how I feel if they're angry. The kids can't see that. You got to put them first. And this is just next level right here. They, yeah, they've definitely put all the kiddos first. Yeah. I, I went years as a kid not seeing my father. A lot of that was because I just grew up in a split household where they lived so far from each other. So, I mean, this level of maturity, yeah. I admire it. If, I feel like if you can have this healthy of a mindset, <laughs> yes. you can achieve a lot of things that a lot of us cannot. That's why I was like, ooh, salacious, because I saw the headline yeah. about like, you know, woman moves boyfriend into her ex-husband's home so they can all raise the kids together. And then I read it and I was like, oh, this is really beautiful it that is. they're able to do this for the kids. It I kind of love it. And you're also setting the tone and an example for the kids in their relationships when they're adults. Yeah. That anything is possible. And when they have kids, you always got to put the kids first. There are so many levels of, of beauty to this. And I put myself in the new wife's shoes. Oh, man. It's got to, you think it's toughest for her than all of them? I, I, mm. I do. 100%. Yeah, I, so I do. I, I try to put, yeah, I was putting myself in the new wife's shoes, Megan's shoes, and I'm like, man, you got to be very secure in your relationship uh -huh. to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to check in in 10 years after somebody inevitably sleeps with the yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> he must have talked so much crap about the ex-wife that the current is like... I'm cool. Bring her on in. I, I know nothing is going to happen between the two of them. And to be the new boyfriend, too. Yeah, to be yeah, secure yeah. in your relationship that yeah. you're like, I'm moving in with my new girlfriend's ex-husband and living above his garage. That's a dang good co-parenting example Couldn't right there. Couldn't do it. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show.